All right, and welcome to Kill the Bottle Podcast. I am, because yeah, that was that too loud for you. You always I scare the yell. Shit out of you? you probably scare the shit out of everybody when yes, they listen that's to what this. That's what I'm supposed to do. All right, I'll do it again. Fine. No, right. I'm not going to cut it. You're not going to cut <laughs> you it. You vibrate the whole system. It is my guanissimo. Yeah. That's what I think. Hello. Have you ever been in a Cuban? Ho- You've been in a Cuban household. We don't. We don't quietly ask somebody to answer the phone across the house. You say. This is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, when the phone would ring in my house as a kid, you hear the phone ring, somebody answers it on the other side of the house, and this is what you hear. Okay, well, then I go and I answer the phone. And um, then, of course, they have to listen to at least the first 15 uh, to 20 minutes of my conversation before you randomly hear it hang up. And you're like, shit, mom, why were you listening? Anyway, <laughs> welcome to Kill the Bottle Podcast. I'm Eddie Zamora, a.k.a. the Yum Yum Foodie. And uh, across the way in her cage uh, this week is the lovely Megan Elizabeth. Hi, Megan. Hi. Megan. Oh, is here's so Megan. Re- hey, Megan, you look cute. I'm going to sing a song for you right now. You're welcome. Yeah, you see? Craig Kilborn. <laughs> Megan and her Craig Kilborn drop. I love uh, it. You will never let that down. I uh, speaking of Craig Kilborn, in just a few moments, we will introduce our guest, but it'll ah! be our second so excited. Minnesotan Ooh. from uh, Minnesota that will be on uh, the Kill the Bottle podcast. We're really excited about that. But Megan, I'm excited that you now have a new place and I don't have to move your couch anymore. Yeah, that's done. And I do. And I'm happy. Like, I, sh- I've i hit it. I've hit my peak. There's nowhere to go here. I, that, I can't go up anymore. I've hit it. The pinnacle. I'm going to, it's all downhill. Uh, yeah, it's all downhill from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, speaking of pinnacle, uh, we are, it's called Kill the Bottle Podcast. Hence, there is a bottle of something that's open in front of us. It happens to be fermented grape juice this week. Uh, we are drinking, <laughs> <laughs> we are drinking a, a bottle of wine from a really special winery. And I know you, you, you guys have heard me say that before, but this, this winery had a huge, huge impact on me the first time I went to it in Napa Valley. It's not one of the most popular wineries because it's really small. They don't make a lot of wine, even though they have a property. It's about 845 acres, which that's big as shit. Let's just get the eight, think of 845 acres, especially if you live in LA, dude. My my house is the size of a phone book, so I can't even fathom. Don't it, even start. Have, have well, yeah, well, you're the you're, size of a- your apartment is a couch with four walls around <laughs> it. She has the the biggest couch I've ever seen in my life. Uh, your couch looks like a recording studio couch from like a hip hop recording session. So how many where couches? Like Seventy people. Is this vineyard? How many? That's that's a good. You know what? Math is not my thing. We need to measure I, this in my couch. I just got the 845 acres thing down. Um, <laughs> so we're drinking Spring Mountain Vineyard. Uh, we're drinking currently the 2016 Elevet, and Elevet is their proprietary blend. It's their flagship wine. It's the quote unquote most expensive wine they make, but it's also the wine they make the least amount of. It's the select grapes from their property and Elevet stands for Ellie and Yvette and it's the names of the parents of the owners of the winery. So he wanted to honor his parents and he named his most prestigious wine after his folks. Uh, we're drinking the 2016. It scored 96 points on Wine Spectator. It's about 160 bucks a bottle and it is worth every penny. A blend of Cab Sauvignon, Cab Franc, Petit Verdot, Merlot, Malbec. And uh, I opened this about two hours ago so i really wanted it's still a little young even though it's a 2016 wines that are of this quality uh sometimes they are designed to kind of hold their years a little bit so this wine you can open it all the way up to 2040 if you wanted to which is you know i don't know who can wait that long but for the folks that can god bless you enjoy some spring mountain vineyard and we also have a 2015 spring mountain vineyard estate grown for you folks who don't know and maybe haven't heard, listened to the show before, estate bottled means that all the grapes came from that estate. 
So they didn't buy grapes from some other piece of land that wasn't on those 845 acres. Everything came from the Cider Spring Mountain Vineyard. And I know I'm doing this spiel because I love this wine sincerely. And what's cool about their property is if you ever get to go is that it is on the mountain. So you will go anywhere from, I don't want to say sea level, but like their sea level is 400 feet above sea level to about 1,400 feet. And altitude affects grapes and grape growth and the temperatures affect. So you just get a huge variety of flavor uh, from the wine. Like, wow, I've just done like a huge fucking spiel for Spring Mountain. Yeah, you did. Guys, you sh- yeah, well, whatever. Fuck it. I love this wine. It so is very, it is very it's good, really good wine. And I've been going to, every time I go to Napa, that's the first stop. I will get up at six in the morning, drive six and a half hours straight, and I time my appointment. So right when I get to Napa, barring any traffic, uh, I go straight to Spring Mountain. Anyway. Ah, so that's what I'm drinking, and I'm so excited to drink this shit because A, it's 160 bucks, and B, we didn't pay for it. So cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> I have to go over a quick dinner I had. Okay, what did you have? Talk, I, to, talk to me. I talk was to invited to try um, Malbec Bodega. Bodega okay. Malbec. Oh, it's nice. in um, in Toluca Lake. It's mm. it's Argentinian restaurant. It was fantastic. I had um, Carpaccio. I had... Um, Octopus, like you always recommend, and I it was charred that's, that's lovely. The, that's the test of every restaurant. Uh, no, that's your yeah. test. The chicken wings is another good one we heard from another yes, guest. But, that, that was a good one. But the octopus was delicious. But what they really killed it on was this uh, steak. I think it was, um, shoot, they they Call had a churrasco. Entraña. What's the long steak? Churrasco. I'm like blanking. Yeah, churrasco. churrasco? So it's a flank steak. Flank steak. Sorry, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. word I was looking for. A flank. I didn't want to say it wrong, but if they had a flank steak and he did it on this, the chef there uh, told me about it. I didn't get to see it yet, but he does this really special homemade like grill that he has in the back. And the flavor it gives it, it's like a smoky, fresh, charred steak cooked perfectly with these amazing sauces. Um, everyone, if you're in LA, you have to go. Yeah, to this it's place. To, to, it's a really pretty restaurant too. It, uh, uh, it, I, don't, I, I always tell folks like, if you like meat, you need to go to an Argentinian restaurant. Argentine mm-hmm. people just know how to make steak. Yeah, and this one definitely. Yeah, they, I mean, it. Argentine, Brazilian folks, you know, people from that part of the world, Chilean folks, they know how to make steak and and meat from Argentina. If you know you you're lucky enough to live in a city that has an Argentinian market where they actually bring the meat from Argentina, it'll blow your mind. It's like it is special. The way that they grow beef over there in Argentina, so I'm 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 quite jelly because I wasn't able to go. Yeah, I, and they he he gave us a bunch of great wines to try with all of it as well. So please, everybody, Bodega Malbec. Just, just rub it in your rooftop pool and your Bodega uh, Malbec. Love it. And your I told you I hit the top. I can't. There's nowhere to go, Megan. I'm just going down from here. Yeah, that's good. Okay. That's good. I'm, I'm living my dream, and this was my only dream. I didn't have high dreams. I just had you know. Achievable ones, and well, I did it. You know, that's and, and that's there's. I guess there's something important about having yeah. achievable dreams. Yeah, you know? low expectations. Yeah, I like that. That's that sounds like what you want your dating life to be, right? Yeah. Or, <laughs> that's the name of my dating. That book. is that. That should be a dating app. That low. you should develop that. <laughs> low expectations. That that I think is the perfect name for a dating app for you, Megs. All right. You want to do that? Yes. You ready? Low expectations. Okay, we, we're gonna have to hold this episode until we we trademark that for Megan. <laughs> <laughs> low expectations. The dating uh, app. The dating app. Yeah, I think that's that's L.A. in a heartbeat. If, uh, oh my god! Thank God I'm off the market. I don't even want to deal with that bullshit. Anyway, I can't even fathom that. Uh, speaking of being off the market, you like that nice segue that I'm going to throw when I introduce our guest. You like that segue? Uh, our our guest is uh, off the market. Yeah, 
I, I, I looked her up. She's off the market. No. I want to <laughs> welcome uh, to Kill the Bottle podcast, first of all, one of my lady's favorite shows our guest was on. Uh, but you would know her from being much taller than <laughs> Reba McIntyre on the show Reba. Uh, and one of my favorite shows, Punchline. I love that show. And right now you can see her on Young Sheldon, which is Super funny show as well. I want to welcome to the show, Kill the Bottle Podcast, Melissa Peterman. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. I, I am, can't believe you're here. I And I love the uh, low expectations dating stuff. <laughs> I also think you could do attainable. That's just attainable, like, attainable. That's attainable. a better word. Um, attainable like is good. Attainable. But I think low expectations is, is very good. What, or what, just called, let's settle. How about that one? Yeah. Let's I like settle. That. Yeah. <laughs> that's think... that's it. That's 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 it. I'm doing it. And I really want to go to this restaurant because I do like a good flank steak, oh. and I like all the sauces. It was great. Oh, chimichurri. chimichurri sauce. Oh, chimichurri it's so sauce. good. Mm-hmm. It's so, bomb. so good. I've had bad chimichurri sauces before. Have you? I have had mediocre ones. Yeah. I, when we get it, when we've gotten, when we've bought meat, and then they give you the sauce and mm-hmm. the big thing, and then okay. you save it. I like literally the next day just dip triscuits in that sauce to oh, eat good. it. Like it's that good. Like I'll eat it, but I don't think I've ever had. A bad, a bad one. one. I, I think like once or twice I've been burned, and I was really? like, it's like something was How weird. How do they in screw it. that up? How do yeah, you screw that up? Easy to make pine nuts. No, I don't know. No, it's super. I mean, that's pesto. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I didn't want to show off my uh, my food you nailed it. right there. You nailed it. But no, chimichurri is really cool too. For for the folks at home, it's a like it's you know I don't want to say the ketchup of Argentina, but it's their sauce. It's their traditional sauce, and when you make a whole vat of it. You can just throw it and it'll last a really long time in the fridge. It's just one of okay. those things. It'll it'll harden. It'll quite you know, it'll get hard as if like you put melted butter in right, the fridge, right. it'll harden. Um but you know, it it'll it'll get to room temp and be ready to go. And Megan, I can't believe you had a bad chimichurri, I know. Hmm, low expectations. I like that. Yeah. Well, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, but you do it so well. Aww. You do it so well, Megan. Thanks. And hold on, we were talking. I love you, Megan. That's fine. I love the sound effects. Yeah. I want one. <laughs> um, but so, so you you like a Minnesotan? I, did I hear rumor that you have a crush on a Shh. fellow Minnesotan? Yeah, she has a bit of a crush on a former. You know, he was oh, one of our guests. Yeah. Uh, a lovely Craig gentleman, Kilborn. tall like you, tall mm-hmm. drink of water. He is tall, uh, Mr. Craig Kilborn. Oh, here's Megan. Hey, Megan, you look cute. I'm going to sing a song for you right now. He's talking to me. He, he was it, talking I, to I, That was one of my first, like, talk show experiences was the Craig Kilborn show. Really? Yes. Tell us all about it. It was super fun. And again, I always enjoy when I get to talk to somebody that, you know, you, that, you know that's from my hometown. It was really great. Um, it was fun. I loved and, him. And he was good? He was great. Oh, God. He wanted to do the Midwest, you know, the Minnesota accent, which is the minute, you know, oh, God, for crying out loud. <laughs> Hi, Craig. How are you? <laughs> Your show is on too late for us to watch back home, but we love you. Yeah. Now, s- speaking of the Minnesota accent, uh, of course, I saw your, you know, your hooker number two scene mm-hmm. of Fargo. Oh, my God. And, uh, well, most it, people in film classes do. They yeah, study that. But yeah. I, I, we dove I right in. Not. It is a hysterical minute and 14 second scene. It is so funny. It's great. I mean, for me, that was truly my first job out of college. So and they're so the thing about the Coen brothers is they're so they're writing. They're so precise in it. So every word, it's all funny. It, every little moment is a great one. So but did you have to shift your accent because of the, you know, the Dakotas I amped or? it up a bit. I mean, well, I mean, we there. Joel and Ethan Coen are from Minnesota, from um, St. Louis Park, I believe. And so they they know it well. And uh, Basically, and the thing is, the minute I'm home for two minutes, it can come right back. And yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I lived in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, so it's not as pronounced as if you maybe 
drive, but it's there. We all have it. Like when people right. are like, I can't believe that movie. I can't believe they did our accent like that. You're like because we we that's how we sound. That's how we sound. Um, but but yeah, we definitely you know dialed up a little bit um, as if we were you know full on living in you know Minnesota full time. Yeah. I'm trying because I mean you're you're next to Frances McDormand, who I she is Amazing. like you know her and, and Meryl Streep to me are, are like the the queens of 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 acting. And how do you? Well, I guess you were. No, how do you not shit your pants when you're? You know how from, I did it because yeah. first of all, it was truly because it was my first job. Yeah. And I was so young and dumb. I didn't have any. I didn't have enough um, smarts to be nervous. I I was just like, oh gosh, hey Joel, where are you guys going after? Um, like I. <laughs> Yeah. I asked, no lie, I asked, I believe I, it was Joel Cohen, I asked for change for the vending machine at the audition because I didn't recognize him because uh, I was going to get like, I don't know, a, a Coke or something. Like I <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, and then Steve Buscemi like came up to oh. me. Like It was one of those things where I was so, if if I had to do that movie today uh-huh. and walk in a room with Francis McDormand, uh-huh. Joel or Ethan Cohen, um, Steve Buscemi, any one of those, William H. Macy, I, I would shit my pants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I was yeah. like, I was 20 something and like just dumb as rocks. Like, you know, just, oh gosh. I mean, I, it was, <laughs> I, I was just very naive and young and excited to be there. Wow. I, I think that, you know, we tend to, as we get older, we put more yeah. pressure on things. And it was, I was just excited to be there. Well, there is something about about being relaxed on, on television. And one thing I... One thing I notice about you on on the show Punchline, that is not an easy show to be hosting a show surrounded by comedians. Right. First of all, obviously you're you're a comedic actress and you've done sketch, which has prepared you for all of that. Have you ever done stand up? I have done stand up. Okay, you have done. So you're you're but not for that. like on the level of like some of the. the I, I mean, I've done it and I've done improv, but um, I'm not that one that can't stand not to be on the road and doing like that. Like that's a that's a huge that's a big deal. But you're so relaxed. On on punchline, like it, it just kind of rolls off. You're you know you're you know you're you have your lines, your one lines, and you're trying to keep up with these folks because they are like back they're and hilarious. Forth. We and got we had the best of the best. Yeah, it was great, and that's one thing that uh, I was watching Conan O'Brien's last episode uh, last night, Loved and him. I think he's one of the funniest human beings on the planet. Like I I actually and got smart sad. funny. Like it's yes. he's just unbelievably smart funny. Well, he said one of his quotes, and I'm going to butcher it, but it was it was a quote about walking the fine line between smart and stupid. With a little bit of genius mixed in there mm-hmm. somewhere, if it works out, and that, I, and one thing that I didn't notice until yesterday was watching him. I was like, man, this is part of why I love him so much. He's, he's so freaking relaxed, and it, it it it's transparent. It's just, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm like, well, yeah, I, I think the secret to like a, a host like that and hosting is is to be, and I think Conan O'Brien is so good at it and the reason he's relaxed is because he's very present like he's listening he's not thinking about the next punchline mm-hmm. he's not thinking yep. about the joke he's going to make if somebody sets him up he's actually listening to that person and because he might be if you if you start to think about what you want to say or what joke would work you're going to miss the joke that got set up right in front of you yep. and i think the secret to somebody that's a great host like that is just truly your job is to to listen and then be ready with it to you have the, he has a genius smart speed to be ready for anything they throw at him and it's about just being present and listening to what they throw at you but when it comes to like sitcom acting where you know there's a joke every x amount of seconds mm-hmm. that's written in and yeah you're listening but there's those beats uh, for you know f- folks at home who it's a rhythm it's a rhythm to mm-hmm. it and how do you manage that with a sketch background and an improv background to to Maybe fight your urge to want to pepper something in that's just, that just comes organic to you from that background. Well, 
I don't think it. I don't think you're. I don't think it's fighting that at all. No. I think that if there's jokes to happen, it, the rhythm will come. It maybe won't come the way you think. Like I think. I think the good thing about having done theater and improv and that sort of thing is that I'll, you're not. You're you're used to applause. You're used to that that moment where you're not. You you can hold for it. Like you're, you're you understand when a moment lands and you're you're ready to hold. And I've um, and doing four cameras very much like doing a one act play. That if a joke lands, you got a moment and you can play within that moment and then go on. So there is a rhythm, but. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've been super lucky in the scripted shows that I've done is that the directors and the writers always have been very collaborative of letting us play with stuff. Like if things work or making a joke sort of your own and making a moment land the way you both want it to land. But I, I think that having done live stuff helps you doing TV because you are dear feeling rhythms because you're used to hearing an audience react. And the beauty about a live thing is it can be a different reaction every every night, a right. different one. And I love that. I remember one time, and I don't remember who it was, but it was an actress who I just adored. And she was brilliant and super funny. But I think she mostly did movies and and not a lot of like single or did single camera, not a lot of four camera. And the first time an audience like erupted in laughter in a taping, I think it, it kind of threw her because yeah. she was used to nothing like that vacuum. And so I think having had that experience is very helpful. Yeah, I mean, well, for the folks listening at home, and I'm not always camera, relaxed, by the way. Well, I like to appear. <laughs> you're, you're good at bullshitting that you're relaxed. Uh, uh, for the this f- wine's helping. I'm super yeah. relaxed. Yeah. Super good. Now. Thanks, Spring Valley. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, well, you know, si- single camera, curb your enthusiasm. Seinfeld, young Sheldon is yeah. is is a single camera too, which is a different thing. Totally different. And yeah. and having doing those scenes is very much you know you are just in a it's like shooting a movie. So you're just you and the cast, the crew, and everyone and. There's no live reaction, but you know my thing is if you get the camera guy, or if you get like one of the crew guys to like do, give you a little nod or something, you're like, all right, I won because they've seen everything. They're doing, they've seen it a million times. So when I can get a crew member to give it, get a genuine chuckle or reaction, then I know I've won. That's a good measurement. They're a tough audience. They're a tough yeah. audience. Yeah, they've say. seen everything. They're working. They're thinking about a million different things, um, and you know. That's always my gauge. Like that, I always feel like, yay! <laughs> yeah. I got Randy. Randy yeah. laughs. Yeah, when, when you get a grip to laugh, yeah. that is just that has just been sitting there all day. Just like, can we just get this light to work? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, you've done it. I'm experiencing for the first time in my job here because uh, we do a lot of productions here, and this is the first we're doing one next week, and it's the first one like I've been around, and I'm learning that I'm not interested in the production side. That is hard. Really? It's hard stuff, and that is like. T- tedious like I'm, I'm making sure they're not listening like tedious <laughs> well, when you make sure they're not listening don't yell because you just made that louder <laughs> now they can all hear me but did you always want to be in acting your whole life was that like your dream yeah I, I mean I think it was one of those dreams that you have secretly and then you're afraid to say it out loud and then you kind of know I mean I always used to say I wanted to be an actor or a veterinarian or a lawyer um, or about all, or all three. Now you can play, all I can them. play them on TV. Yeah. There you go. Your dog looks sick. Sick. Let's take it to court. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, high, it was a sort of a high school. Was like when I really was like maybe I can. And I, I had a really great Mr. Mraz, who was a wonderful mentor and a teacher at our at my school at Burnsville High, who just loved the arts. And he sort of said, I think you can. You should 
do this. And then I went to college and it was one of those things where I was afraid to declare my major because if I said it out loud and also Midwestern, like very practical, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to choose a career where I'll never have a schedule. I won't know when I have vacation. I'm never going to know when I'm going to have a job. And that was scary for me. And it was, you know, and luckily I had parents who just sort of really encouraged me to, to follow my dream. And and yeah, I just had to let go of not knowing and have a thick skin and know that people are going to tell you no all the time. And yeah, I, it was. But once I said it out loud, it was a relief. I think it's a relief for anyone to just say what you want out loud, what, no matter what it is, whether it's something you want in your life or something that you want to do. You, if you can't, if you can't say it out loud, it's probably not going to happen. I want a rich husband. Oh, say it out loud. I'm Yell trying. that one. I want a rich husband. And production's tedious. <laughs> <laughs> was there a show that you watched as a kid that you know? I I, I always remember watching in Living Color with Love my parents. Show. And seeing, you know, Jim Carrey, and I was like, this, this looks like the funnest job in the world. This is what I would love to do. That would be, was there something that you watched that, you know? Yeah. Um, I would watch SNL with my Aunt Susie and Kathy at their apartment, and I probably wasn't supposed to stay up that late and or watch it. Oh, I think I'm cast? trying to remember when I started watching. It must have been the Gilda years, Gilda, <laughs> Radner, and, um, you know, Steve Martin would be, and I would listen to the Steve Martin um, albums. My first, like, plagiarizing, like, not first, like, I do it a lot. I don't mean I steal stuff, but my first, like, reenacting someone's comedic moment was Steve Martin. I would do King Tut from my aunt's comedy album, and I would put a towel over my head and, like, do the whole, you know, King Tut. Uh, Carol Burnett Show, that was one, too, where I Mm -hmm. just said, I don't know what that's called, but I want to do that. Yeah, I don't get starstruck a lot, and I remember being at Macy's. In Sherman Oaks, and I saw um, – t- he just passed away, Tim, uh, Tim, Tim Conway. Conway. I saw Tim Conway oh at Macy's, gosh. and I was like, holy shit, holy shit. And I, I felt w- like I wanted to walk like like shuffle feet, walk to Do him. Do Mr. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Wiggins when she was that? And what was, uh, what was the name of that character? Because Carol Burnett was Mrs. Wiggins, and he was the – oh, my gosh. I, I got to – I got to meet him once, and I got to um, talk to him because he did a video for, for one of Reba's for a birthday, and I, I – asked him, like I said, would you do, I'm making this video for Reba for her birthday, and would you, you know, videotape something funny? I then received 20 minutes of the funniest (laughs) shit you would ever see, (laughs) and I treasured it. And he is... He is a genius. The, the dentist scene where he Novocaine's his own hand. Yeah, I want that played on repeat at my funeral. Um, I, I mean, he's genius, and she's genius. And she was the first, not the first, I mean, there was many firsts that came before, but just one of those when people would say, you know, women aren't funny. I'm like, um, I'm sorry, are you watching? Yeah. Um, just genius. And and it was her show, you know? Did, did you, have you ever met Carol Burnett? Did I what? Have you ever met? Oh, yes, I have a couple times. And oh, your, your face just lit up <laughs> when you said oh. that. Yeah. I, I, uh, and again, it was the first time was at dinner. And it was, um, and speaking of wine, I remember in, in, it was Reba was going to have a dinner. And she knew how much I loved her. And, and she, Carol was going to be there. And she said, Melissa, we're having dinner. Do you want to come over? And I was like, oh, I'm kind of busy that night. And she's like, no, I think you really want to come over. And I thought, oh, <laughs> I'm, I have to rearrange stuff. And she's like, no. I think you want to come over. And it was Carol's going to be there. And I, I told my husband, like, don't let me drink wine. I'm going to burst into tears. I'm going to cry the entire time. And, you know, there's always that moment of what if I meet somebody that I've just idolized my whole life? And what if it isn't everything I thought? Mm-hmm. Or what yeah. if I what if I see her, like, you know, yell at a dog or something? You know, like, yeah. And I met her and she was everything I thought and more. And then I heard her laugh. 
like that laugh. Oh, and I, I did burst in. I'm not going to lie. I probably cried a couple times that evening. Wow. Um, I tried to mask it like, oh, this is wonderful potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can somebody please pass it? Um, she was fabulous. And then I'll tell you, I've I met her a couple times since. And every time, and I don't know if she's... If she's just magical, but she always says, hi, like she says your name. And I have a picture that I treasure and it's um, it's uh, Reba printed it out and it was um, it's me and then Carol's on one side and Reba's on the other. And as you mentioned, I'm I'm a tall lady (laughs) and I'm also in this photo sweaty. Probably a little tipsy. Super excited. I've cried a few times. And I it looks like I'm crushing their skulls beneath my arms with excitement. It's just sort of like this giant Yeti, like, I love you, ladies. Like, And I have it <laughs> hanging in my house. That's because, so great. And she had Carol sign it, and she signed it. And it oh. just, um, yeah, she's wow. amazing. I would, yeah, I think I would. That that that's a bucket list photo. That's I mean. Oh, it is. On. I mean, and I I'm not even mad that I look like a crazed um, giant person. I'm I treasure it. Yeti, I love it. as you said. I'm a yeti. I look, yeah. I look like a sweaty yeti, <laughs> crushing two treasures of America. Like just. I, I just realized Prince is like the only person from Minnesota that I never heard him with a with an accent from Minnesota that I could think of. Wouldn't that be funny? It's like, oh gosh, I'll have a raspberry beret. <laughs> yeah, right. Like. Um, you know what? Yeah. Well, in retrospect, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, he never had a Minnesota accent. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've seen him live so many, so many times. You're right. I don't know. But, you know, it's not like it's this, you know, hard and fast that everyone has the same. It's it, there's shades of it. There's shades of it. Yeah. I, and I, he's so cool. He just would sound like whatever he wanted. Well, yeah. Wasn't, isn't it? He's the only guy who could show up to your party with more makeup than your woman and take your woman. Oh, for was sure. The, was the, like the, the prince line. For sure. I mean, and the thing is, again, I know I've seen him in person and, and he's he's, you know, he's a small man, but Five he is the, he's the biggest presence. And I'm like, look, I know I could pick you up, but I... I would. You're just. You're everything. Like I mean, the sexiest, the mo- the most prolific guitar player. I mean, just he's incredible. Yeah, I I love that you share Prince stuff on your Instagram because I have a I'm, tattoo of Prince on my. I know I, that was wow. getting. She has oh, sorry. the most amazing Prince t- uh, symbol tattoo because I saw you shared a photo of your new kicks. Yes, um, your, <laughs> your Converse, and you were rocking your Prince tattoo. That is commitment and love, and I love it. I love I, I'm a huge Prince fan, as Megan knows. And are you? Who listens to yeah, what's all. your favorite? Favorite what? Hold well, there's on. not, I, I feel like, I mean, uh, do you have a couple favorite songs? Yeah. Oh, I have I a, mean, I mean, I, I hate that when people ask me that, too. I'm like, I'm sorry. That's like, ask me to I pick mean, my favorite donut. You know, as a kid, <laughs> my older brother and I would go, uh, uh, by the way, today is the anniversary of Purple Rain. It was released June 25th, 1984. 84. Yeah. Um, but my older brother and I would go and buy every Prince album. And then, you know, here I am, a, like, six-year-old kid reading cover to cover mm-hmm. Darling Nikki, which is probably not the best thing that I should have been reading lyrically. Right. But... Uh, there was it was huge for me. I, I would say "Computer Blue" is a song that's still yeah. And oh my gosh, and and the beautiful ones. That to me is the, the best beautiful musical ones. performance in a movie. That that it it, it like ah. I'm gonna give me. you some homework tonight since Bring you it. have some Spring Mountain uh, wine. Absolutely, you have your beautiful lady at home. Yeah. Just I'm gonna warn you, but <laughs> if you play "Pink Cashmere," mm-hmm. followed by a door, things could happen. Oh, that's all I'm. Well, saying. I know what he's referring to with pink cashmere. So I think I think you're onto something. Pink cashmere is one of my faves. Oh yeah, for real. Yeah, I was blasting "Sexy Motherfucker." That's uh, a great one. I, I it was so funny because I was I was in I was in Napa Valley and I'm uh, 
blasting it. And this older couple pulls up next to me. And here is my Cuban ass blasting sexy motherfucker in front of some really nice winery in Napa. And they just looked at me so disapproving. And I was so happy. It made my day. <laughs> they secretly were like, what song is that? <laughs> they were from Minnesota. Because, but, the, you know, speaking of, like, Prince of Minnesota, my favorite thing is, so, you know, Paisley Park, which is now sort of turned into, uh, like, uh, like yep. a museum back there. And what I love about Minnesota is that Every age group, whether young, old, in between, everyone just embraced him. They, it's he's ours in a way. You know, they we love him. And I went to Paisley Park a couple times since since he passed. And what I love is that some of the tour guides are they are just like they look like my mom, like the Lutheran church basement mom who are leading these tours. But they know they're like, oh gosh, and this is where he first wrote "When Doves Cry," and oh, we love him. Like they just it's wow. just seeing like this, you know. Six, like 60-something tour guide who just loves him as much as that 20-something person from Australia or that, you know, they just – he's so beloved in that city. Well, I think I, – I had put down a, a quick-fire prince oh, uh, gosh. for okay. you. Yeah. So I think I'm – now it's apropos uh, okay. of what's 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 – What's happening in our convo? Did those old ladies get into like dirty details about Prince? Because that would make that tour hilarious. Hey, he well, was I'm a Jehovah's you, Witness at the end. Some <laughs> of them would just be like, "I remember when I, that when Little Red Corvette came on. That's when I got busy." Like they, <laughs> <laughs> every everyone's got a memory. There's no one that in Minnesota that doesn't have a memory of a song that takes them right back to where uh, they were. Yeah, folks, I invite you to uh, listen to Little Red Corvette and you know know now that it's not about a car. <laughs> Uh, so just uh, as a child, I thought it was about a red Corvette. And then I still remember that epiphany moment where I heard it as an adult. And it, just, Wait, it was the first time you, it hit you, underst- you understood what Darling Nikki was about, but not Little Red Corvette? I didn't understand oh, what you Darling did? Okay. Nikki was about. No, no, no. As a kid, I just thought it was like Nikki Oh, Nikki grind. sounds fun. Nikki likes coffee. <laughs> I'm going to name my she kid Nikki. grind that stuff. <laughs> Nikki sounds um, like she's fun on a sleepover. Okay, so let's see. First <laughs> okay. thing that comes to mind. Uh, favorite Prince outfit? Um, uh, from Raspberry Beret, the cloud, the cloud suit. Oh, the cloud suit. Yeah. Cloud suit. So not the assless chaps. Okay. No. Uh-uh. Oh. Although but, I, had, I think I had that poster uh, from so Dirty already, Mind. It's from Dirty Mind, that album, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, so you already said favorite, favorite Prince song, so you told us. Uh, Pink Cashmere's, yeah. But that, again, I, it's, they all change, but Pink Cashmere's one of my favorites. What about the favorite song that he wrote that somebody else made famous? Oh, um, uh, Nothing Compares to You. Um, or um, Manic Monday, he wrote for the Bengals. Yeah. Um, uh, what else did he write? Did he write "I Feel for You"? Was he wrote that for Shaka Khan, or, is that, yeah, or did he cover he, it? Because he never would cover stuff that unless no, he wrote that because the last year, you know, as they went through the vault, they released his demo recording of that. Yeah. And I, and if you haven't heard it, it's it's him. On I have. Yeah. Oh, I have it. Yeah, it's, it's special. Oh, they, oh, they, she they, has they released that. Like, but I remember he would never cover it. Like so, that he and he and he wrote Manic Monday because I think mm-hmm. he was in love with her and like wanted to like I'm like. Just give her a little present. I'm still trying to figure hit. out why the Apollonia <laughs> Six one. only had three band members, uh, which is still tripping me out to this day because they're the Apollonia Six and there's only three of them. Maybe uh, there was something we didn't know. Yeah, but, that's true. You know, that's true. There, there were a fictitious band. Well, they weren't fictitious eventually, but it, during Purple Rain, there were the fake band kind of making uh, a side on Vanity Six, which was Prince's girlfriend at the time, originally right. supposed to be in the movie, and then Apollonia. and then she dropped out. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then lastly, Morris or Jerome. Oh, Morris. Oh, Morris. Oh, we have a Morris Day fan here. Oh, huge Morris Day. My friend, I'm going to go, you know, the wine's helping, but uh, (laughs) my good friend who I grew up with, uh, Cedric Yarbrough, who is on Reno 911 on Speechless. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cedric. And we're both Minnesota. We went to same high school, same Mm. college, everything, and we both are huge Prince fans. So I get a text from him the other day or a screenshot. He's like, I'm done. It's over. I can be finished. 
Morris Day started following me on Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. You're, I mean, and by the way, whatever you think of Purple Rain, it's, it's still an amazing movie. It's not, like, perfect in a lot of ways, no. but it is perfect. Prince but Morris, an actor. he steals that every scene he's, so he's in. And I went to the Prince tribute concert back home. And him and the time, they should have had way more time. I don't know. I think he's fabulous. I, I So I've not been to Paisley Park yet. And it is on my bucket list. It, when I'm telling you, I will become. A, I'll go to First Avenue. Mm-hmm. I will. I will. Then I'll walk outside like an idiot. I'll take a bunch of pictures of myself yeah. in front of every stupid little star on the wall. And then I will go to Paisley Park, lose my shit. I'll probably get arrested for sneaking in somewhere I'm not supposed to. Thankfully, no. I'm five six, and you know, Prince was small. Maybe I could. I could. I could get through. You could. Probably, you could wear something. I bet. I could. I might be able to wear something. He's a little. He's a little thinner. He's a little thinner. <laughs> a little thinner, but you know, whatever. I could probably wear his heels. Yeah, I could, could rock those heels. Um, wow. So, yeah, Morris. I, I worked I love an event him. one time where, where Morris Day and the Time performed. And it was – I'll never forget it because I was I was working at the time as like a spokesperson for a car company. So they have a fucking car parked at like a charity event. And I'm there like, oh, shit. I can't wait to get get the hell out of here and go home. You know, pro, promo model stuff. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear ooh, – ooh, ooh, ah, 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 And I hear the beginning of Jungle Love. And I go, ooh, holy ooh. shit. And I was like, there it is. Holy shit, Morris Day's here. And I was like, all right, I'm glad I did not get myself fired and leave early today. Did you get to see him? I did. I got to see Morris Day. I just want to be that confident that you have somebody that just comes on stage and holds up a mirror so you can look at yourself. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's amazing. <laughs> Morris, Morris Day. Morris Day, God bless you, Morris Day. We need, we need to get Morris Day on the show. Yes. Oh, wow. Maybe yeah. Cedric's best friends with him now that he's following him on Twitter. Oh. Yeah. Who's who's somebody that followed you besides me? They who's are somebody best that followed get you that, that, that got up. you excited on social media? Speaking of that. I'm excited when anyone <laughs> <laughs> You and me both. <laughs> it's a thrill. Um, there's been a couple moments. I think one time, when was Tim Conway did did follow me on Twitter? That's amazing. And um, uh, Tanya Tucker like liked something of mine, and I just think she's amazing. Um, uh, anyone, I'm a fan. That's the thing about like I'm glad that I've lived in this town for this long, and I'm still such a fan of people. Like I really. I, I get excited to meet people and yeah, um, anyone. It is it is kind of surreal. One, I don't know how, how long have you lived in L.A.? I've been here since 2000, 2001, okay. between 2000 and 2001. Yeah, yeah I was, I'm like maybe two, two and a half mm-hmm. years after that. But I still to this day, I'm always perplexed. Like I feel like National Geographic when you see people in their natural habitat, right. you know, like Bruce Willis at Starbucks or, you know, it, yeah. it's always – and it. I, I try to emphasize that to folks. Like, dude, if you see somebody at the grocery store, don't like attack them. Just be be nice. Be cool. <laughs> Just be cool. Like, you know, I I've had a couple of mo- like I I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger one time. And I, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. He just rem- like my childhood is Schwarzenegger movies. Right. And I was like, why am why am I nervous? Why is like my butt? Why is my stomach shaking? I don't know. I and I also think too that if I think people, I hope. Most people are genuinely – if you are genuine and you're like – you really walk up to me and said, hey, don't want to bug you. Just love your work and walk away. They would – that's thrilling. I think they love that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that if they don't love it, then something's wrong with them. But I get like not bugging them if they're in the middle of, you know, eating dinner or, right. you know, a colonoscopy. I mean, but <laughs> – No, that's fine. I mean, I mean that's fine. You can bug I mean, them. They're normally passed me. out during the Excuse colonoscopy. Me. Excuse ma'am, me, sir. Ma'am, I love your work. Um <laughs> Will you sign this bottle of wine? But I, I find, and I'm lucky enough to know people that are that are for sure more famous than me. And I, I watch them with grace when the people come up to me. And I think they're genuinely just still so very thrilled that people enjoy their work. 
Well, that's I mean, something you can see. when somebody walks up and says something. I, I, I mean, I'm I am the weird the weirdest person for that because I'm always so honored. I will give my entire day. I write to him somebody. a check. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's funny because people are are, are usually um, they don't expect me to be that engaging. With them, I start asking about their family. I start, oh, oh, how old you is your You invite yourself son? over for the holiday. Yeah, they yeah. actually have to like, like pry themselves away from any. He do. like follows they, them well, home. I after. usually give them a Jaws of Life <laughs> yeah. just to make sure that they can just cut off my arm. Yeah. You just give you me, know? like right when you meet him, like, first of all, I'm just going to give you a safe word right off the bat. <laughs> That's exactly When it. you want this to end, just say cheddar. <laughs> That's yeah. usually, yeah. It's, it's croquette, but whatever. I, I, I want it to be at least two syllables, always. Okay, that's good. Cheddar and croquette. So there's no mistake. Good. Cheddar's good, but croquette no is a little mistake. bit harder to it's say. It's a little harder edge. Yeah. And there's no mistaking that for another word. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. Well, croquet, but who the hell oh, says croquet? Oh, yeah. You I know? mean, if who you like, croquet, yeah, really? nudged them when they were trying to say it, they're never going to get it out. Do you cook? <laughs> do you like cooking? I do. This is the funny thing because I think I, you know, I, I was on Worst Cooks of America. Oh, you were? I was. I didn't know that. But it was, it, you know, it was one of those things. It's the the, the celebrity edition and it, it oh. was playing for charity. And, oh. it was, and when they when they asked, I was sort of like, well, I'm not like the worst cook. I I, I know how to cook. And it was more about like, yeah, but can you, you know, there's stuff I needed to, to learn for sure. I definitely, I think I'm a very, I think I'm a good cook. I think I got to, I'm getting to be a better cook. I categorize myself as that person that loves chefs. I love cooks. I love food. I love everything, Food Channel, Food Network. All of that, and I love watching it because it makes me feel like I can do all that. And I, so I, and I'm not afraid to experiment. I will say that I have to be courageous. I need, I need, like you know, um, like hanging out with like a Valerie Bertinelli who's like just naturally like will throw ingredients together. Like I have to remind myself, oh, red wine, red wine vinegar tastes really good when you do this with it. Like Mm -hmm. I I have to remind myself of those things because I think I get in a rut. But I can definitely put together a really great meal. And I've gotten to be a better baker lately, which is good. What's the favorite thing you make at home? I make these amazing rollout cookies that I have perfected, and I'm really proud of them. Good. So we're going to have to ask you back in the future and bring out some rollout. You have to roll out some rollout cookies. I'll roll out some rollout cookies. Uh, How old are your kids? I have one boy. He's 15. He's he's, 15. Does he want to be in the business? No. God, no. Okay. I was going to add, like, I was like, I was like, would you? I would be fine. You'd be fine. I'd be really happy. I I think he's really creative and I think he's really, um, I think he's got a really good sense of humor and it's funny, but he hasn't really, and I would encourage any and all like artistic and creative endeavors, but I think at this moment, no. He likes to cook, though, I will say. And he's a vegetarian dabbling in veganism. So he has put together – He he's a pretty – really good cook. I'll see him put together pasta and he'll throw in, you know, artichoke hearts and black olives and capers. And, like, I'm like, yeah. great. Love it. There's Do something it. special to that, to be able to kind of recreate a flavor that somebody's so accustomed to it being a, you know, a non-vegan or non-vegetarian mm-hmm. dish. And and I've I've been to a couple places where you – you know, it'll – you know, mind f you a little bit where you're like, wait a second, is, there's no chicken. There's in this? a there's wow. a lot of restaurants. I mean, especially where we we live, that you can find that I would eat it if someone made it for me all the time. And they, I eat a lot. I eat a lot less meat because he's been a vegetarian. Yeah, I don't know if it's still open. There was a restaurant owned by uh, Moby called. It's little called Pine. Little Pine. It's right in my. I literally can walk still, there. Is it still open? I think they just reopened. I love Got that it. place. Yeah, they made Their a flatbed chicken piccata. Sausage. Holy shit! They made a chicken piccata that was incredible. It was so good. I was like, "Oh, really? This is not chicken? I don't want to. Like, I don't want to know. Don't ruin it for me." Uh, but this is not chicken, and I felt it's like amazing. I was, yeah, and they do an Italian like a sausage like flatbread with fennel. That's like amazing too. 
So, okay, if if we're in Minnesota, if I'm mm-hmm. if I go to Minnesota and I have one day, I'm I'm doing that layover show for that Tony, oh Anthony gosh. Bourdain layover show, and I just got to get a breakfast, lunch, and a dinner, and maybe a snack somewhere in the middle. Where, where am I going? Or Minneapolis, not Minnesota. Let's say Minneapolis, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then I would – since we're on the vegan thing, I would do lunch at Jay Selby's, which is a really great uh, vegan restaurant. And you, they do a vegan like Whopper oh, wow. that is like amazing, tastes just like it. And I would highly recommend there. And then right after that, I go to Juicy – I go to Matt's Bar and get a real li- real live Juicy Lucy, which is the the hamburger with the – you know, the Juicy Lucy, yeah. which that it originated at Matt's Bar. Um, breakfast. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, my gosh. The Uptowner, um, Keys Cafe. um, Oh, Lord. There's so many. And then dinner. There's so many great restaurants. (laughs) Minneapolis, St. Paul. It's a really great food town. But just because it's one of my, like, heart and it's uh, the St. Paul Hotel Grill. Like, it's this gorgeous historic hotel. So just the beauty of it and the bar is fabulous. It's it's not going to be out there crazy, like, you know, new. But the food will be amazing and delicious. And the atmosphere is bar none beautiful. And what about here in LA? Do you have a favorite spot? Oh, I love. Don't stalk her, please. Come I on. love so many. Um, I, well, Little Pines, one of my favorites. Um, I like uh, Edendale Grill, Hyperion Public. Oh, Hyperion Public, so good. Um, and they now they know what neighborhood I live in, so come on over. Um, uh, I also love Katsuya. I do love Katsuya. Katsuya's like the, cris- good. the crispy rice. That's one of my favorites. Uh, oh gosh, there's so many. Um, have you been to the original Katsuya in Studio City? Yes. Yeah. To me, that's like the – Because that's right by Radford where we shot like Baby Daddy and stuff. So we would okay. go there. I love it. Yeah. That's one of my – I tell folks like if, if you're okay with not having the fancy Philippe Stark like right. minimalistic look everywhere, go to the OG Katsuya it's in so Studio good. City. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's delicious. It's so good. And I remember going there one time and I'm one of these people because I'll – like the first episode of Seinfeld I ever watched was the series finale. Just because I was playing baseball uh, in oh high school, God. and I, I just never— I Why don't never you had... read the last page of War and Peace? I know. It was like— it <laughs> Why? Was, it was terrible. So that episode is like the worst episode of Seinfeld. And I'm now I've seen every episode of Seinfeld. But I remember being there, and uh, 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 my, my girlfriend at the time was like, that is the entire cast of Big Bang Theory. And at Katsuya? Well, well, it was—, it was um uh, it was uh, Oh, my God. It was, yeah, it was at Katsuya, but— I was I was like I just I was like yeah that's the guy from Roseanne right <laughs> that's all I could think of I was like I don't know anybody else here and that was it that's that's my that was like an LA moment I'm like cool and then now I watch that and I love that stupid like I love it's that it's a show. great show it's brilliant it's a fabulous show what has it, it has there been a moment and I asked this to Dave uh, Dave Dave Noel and and Melissa and I have both uh, worked work with Dave <laughs> just ama- amazing he's an amazing being. human being great at his job him and Cleaver the dream yes. team um, has there been a moment where you've you've and not in a douchey way, but you felt like you arrived in the sense where there's there's a sense of peace and comfort because when you're working in the entertainment business, you, at least you know from from my perspective, and I'm sure so many other folks, you're always like, where's my next job? Where's my next paycheck? Where's my what? What was if you can think of a moment where you had a moment of peace of like I, I have arrived to a certain extent? Not to me because you're not an asshole, obviously, but. That you just felt like, oh God, okay, I can I can be okay and 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 not stress so much about the next thing. I don't. I'll let you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But you know, no, that's not. I mean, I think that part of being in this business is 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 living, learning to live like that way. Mm-hmm. I will say that I've been lucky enough to have that very rare actor experience where you've wrapped a job. 
Like you've wrapped season season one or two of a show and you know you have a pickup. That is like the most lovely oh, I bet. like bubble to be in and it is so rare and you're like, huh. I've I've finished job. I have a little time off, but I have work. I have work yeah. coming, and that is really a rare place to be. Um, so I've had that once, I think, maybe more, maybe twice. But that's very rare for an actor to know when your next check is. So I then rely on my Midwestern things of like I can I live so that I can have. Years where I don't work, or a year, you yeah, know what I mean. Right. Where I've, I've lived very, I've lived a life. I'm my father's daughter. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna get a boat. You know, I, I've never <laughs> thought that way. But I will say, like the moment where I felt like I've arrived, or, or and this is just silly of like when I could go to Target and and not and I could buy what I wanted. Yeah, and yeah. not think about it. And it was that thing of like that just felt so luxurious, it's liberating, um, and liberating. And yeah. I love to read. And I remember like I'm going to buy a hardcover book that's not in the bargain bin. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to buy it the first week it's out because I love that author. And I remember feeling so decadent. Like look at who I think I am with my hardcover books. Like I remember feeling really um, that felt very decadent. I think I'm getting there. I think yeah. I, I ran into a pool with my car the other day and I didn't have a panic attack about paying for it. I just went and paid for it. Yeah. It was, I mean, I didn't want to, but, but that's a big <laughs> step. But that's it's a big a, step. I was yeah. like, my parents were like, you okay? I was like, yeah, I, I, I just fixed it and I'm down a little bit of money, but I'm going to be okay. But yeah. I'm not like, I can't go to Target yet. <laughs> and well, be Target like, is always dangerous because, <laughs> you know, it's like, you, it, I say that knowing that you could go there and buy what you wanted and it's like, you know, $2,000 later. Like, wait, what? Hold on. Like, wait, wait a what did I buy? <laughs> no, I, I, I've never. But I mean, just that that not yeah. thinking about, like, do I yeah. want toilet paper or mm-hmm. soup? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Um, I, I always try to tell people they're they're – because at least you know back home I'm I'm originally from from Miami Florida and a lot of times folks will won't understand that not knowing where the next thing comes from it's hard and for it people hard. to come it is hard that. when you've been trained to be uh, in a very structured say say form of of, of, of work. employment employment yeah you know when you're used to not being gainfully employed and I I try to tell them there's a level of excitement and not knowing mm-hmm. that uh, that you have in this in this world like whatever anything it is. could happen tomorrow you anything can anything. happen tomorrow tomorrow you could be on a flight to the Bahamas you know and and working there for whatever and if you yell it it'll come true it'll right come true right I think because you spend we spend most of our careers not working that. You know what I mean? Like you're going to spend mm-hmm. – if you're an actor and you really want to do it, you might spend more of your time not working. And so when you do work, it's all that more special and, and better. And I, and, I, and I do like – even times of being sad and like scared to death of like, oh, my, will I ever work again? You, you know what? I could probably make soy candles. I'd make really wonderful soy candles. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. In those moments of panic, I think, you know, just let go. There is a plan and something – and what could happen might be th- the next coolest thing you're going to get to do. Uh, I asked, you know, I asked Dave Knoll when when he was in his, I don't want to say darkest moment because it wasn't even that. That's not what I said. But when when you doubt yourself or whenever you were in that point in your life where you didn't know what to do, was there a mentor? Was there somebody that that kind of I don't necessarily took you under your wing, took you under their wing, but that gave you that little extra nudge to let you know it was going to be okay. Or that gave you the advice that you needed, or was there was there ever a moment where you were on the fence of saying, "I'm, I'm, I don't think I don't know if I can do this anymore." Um, yeah, I think that we all have those moments, no matter what you choose to do, where you think, "Am I even good at this, or why am I doing this?" It's so hard, and I'm, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I think 
in all honesty, I think I married my mentor in a way as far as um, I married my, my husband, John, who is we met in improv. He's the funniest. He's funnier than he's funniest man alive. And, and you guys have been married, what, 22, 22 years? 22 years. Wow. Amazing. And I think when I have those moments, like he's the person that will often say, oh, you know what? You could totally worry about that. Or you could pour yourself a glass of spring mountain wine <laughs> and and remember that you're good at what you do. Yeah. And um, so he's really good at those moments. But I've ha- I've had lots of good advice where I've, I've had people that I really respect say, you are good at this. You are funny. And I remember, and I, I don't even know if Reba remembers this, but it's a story. It was when we were shooting the first show, um, the pilot had gotten picked up and we were going to shoot the first show. And it was, it was um, right, 9-11 happened the, the day we were supposed to shoot that, which obviously we didn't. Wow. And the world changed for everybody. Wow. And it was yeah. just this, and we didn't go back for, I don't even remember how many, when we finally went in to go shoot that first episode. And you were, I, you, you, we could all remember what it was like. Like, and I had a little mini breakdown. Like, what are we doing? Why, why am I? I'm not a. I'm not. A, I'm not a fireman or a nurse or a doctor. What this is? Why are we doing this? And I remember Reba was sort of like, you know what? That little Reba, you put yourself together, you know, and just sort of just said, don't underestimate the gift that you get to do, which is we don't know what this is going to do. You might make somebody laugh that needs to laugh in this many years from now. Like, don't underestimate the gift that God gave you. And yes, you're not a surgeon or whatever, but you have something. And so, and it was one of those little pep talks. I'm like, you're right, you're right, you know, because I just felt useless at that time. And like, what I, what I, what the job that I do didn't feel important. And, and she just gave this talk of like that's the, don't ever laugh at the gift that God gave you like it's really important. So that was one of those talks. I don't I'll never forget it. She probably did. She probably gives amazing advice all the time. It's like whatever. I save the day all the time. <laughs> you know, her. Reba the superhero. I, I save people from career. You know, leaving a career every day. But I just remember that and just feeling like don't think what you do is silly sometimes, even though it feels silly sometimes. I. Uh... I'm I'm sorry. I'm just I'm going back and I'm smiling right now because there's a moment on Reba uh, where you go to a karaoke bar and <laughs> you save uh, the shittiest karaoke. It was just, it's pretty bad. And it's, bad. it's bad. I'm bad. She's great. Um, well, no, the young lady who was saying Joanna you know, Garcia, yeah, who's yeah. hilarious who's mine, and so she's funny. She's Cuban. Yes, and she's amazing. She's one of mine. Um, and it's such a it's, it's so endearing. It's such a beautiful scene. I don't know. I watch it and it makes me smile. Now. And I watched it again, like right before coming here because I was sitting. I was like, and I I think that's uh, uh you know from a as a consumer watching a show, that moment there is the magic that you talk about about Reba. There's there's this genuine magic mm-hmm. uh, of that lady that uh, she won she won me over. She was the first first person who is a a a musician who ter- actually turned me into like wow yeah she's more than just mm-hmm. this you know because I've seen musicians that were actors and they've been good actors but they haven't had a longevity of a show right like right right and she was the one that I was like oh wow like that's so cool she's good people, at a lot of things well people are damn multi- her people are multifaceted <laughs> and it's just nice to because you know because somebody could see that and say oh maybe uh, maybe Melissa. She should do an be, album. Wait, no, that's that, that where we're going. Ooh. That's exactly <laughs> I where got I was excited. going. Actually, we should Maybe do that. She should do a Prince covers. Uh, oh, record. I have a confession to to make to. Uh, Wait, I want Melissa. you to finish that. That you that you thought that maybe that people can do more than what everyone thinks. They, the only thing that they, yeah, think they can the, do. You know, I, and I keep going back to Dave Knoll because you know the conversation is so fresh in my mind. But I, I asked Dave the question of, you're you're known for making food competition shows mm-hmm. and game shows. How do you get people to be okay with? 
the fact that you can you're more than just that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. But and, you can do other things. But you can do other things. And and I think it's good for people to hear like it's not it, – it, don't get – don't let yourself get pigeonholed. There's – there. guess what? You might be – I don't know. I'm making this up. You might be Mark Anthony, the Puerto Rican singer, mm-hmm. and you might come up with the best animated script that's right. ever existed. Right. And if people don't open their eyes and say maybe it's – maybe this creative person can come up with that, it's it's possible. It and is. And it's just nice to see that. And when I – Rebo is just one of, the, one of those folks for me that, that I caught myself – Putting myself, putting putting somebody in a box, and she was she tore that box open, mm-hmm. and it was great. Yeah, and she does it all. Yeah, I mean Broadway, TV, movie, music, all that. Speaking Do you have people. a secret gift? Another secret special like talent yeah. that you have? Do I have it? Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> Hold on. On that note, more spring. Oh tree. my <laughs> god! <laughs> secret talent. Um, oh, I don't know. I can tap dance Ooh. a little bit. Yes. Uh, you know, I can do triple time step. I did that. Did you put that on your resume? I can tap dance a little bit. Did I put it on my resume? <laughs> Probably in the beginning when you're like just put you're literally you like going, do I have a special skill? <laughs> I don't think I have anything of special skills. Um, I can put together Ikea furniture. That is a skill. That is a skill. Hold on. That is a game show. That is, hold on, that deserves. I think that should, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Dave and Cleve, uh, Melissa and I will uh, help exec produce that. Uh, I really think it should be, it's a, it should that be, could be a really great game show. Yeah. Of like to put two, you know, a husband and wife or, um, yeah. you know, brother, whatever. Just put teams together Ikea. to put together Ikea furniture and not murder each other. Like I think That's the hard part. But I'm really I'd want to do it solo. Well, and for I think bonus solo. Points, like time. We'll do there's so many you. different I don't want a partner. Megan, well, we haven't even like, you know, <laughs> the show's going to be like so many different, okay. you know, Absolutely. Okay. okay, we're just and, pitching right uh, now. Just just bonus points, whoever can pronounce it correctly right. gets extra bonus points. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I am Swedish descent. I should oh, be. You are disqualified. the brunk and the frunk. Oh, I love your dresser. What is it? The brusk. Um, yeah. I have a confession to make. Yeah. So one thing that Melissa does that it's so so nice, and, and you, you do it, and I believe it's for charity, um, at the Hollywood Bowl is a Sound of Music show. And I have never seen The Sound you of Music. N- but Wait, please. what? He's never seen The Sound of Music ever. The movie? No. Okay. I know the songs. I've never seen the movie. Uh-huh. And I've been to, she knows, I've been to Salzburg, Austria. I've been up on the hills okay. and, and done the whole spiel. But I, I didn't. don't want to hear you talking anymore yeah. that you've not seen the movie. <laughs> First of I all, the like it's times. the greatest movie ever. It still holds up. It is the most beautifully shot movie. Christopher Plummer oh. and Julie and I mean, Captain. And it's it's not a charity thing. It's, it's the Sound of Music sing-along at the Hollywood Bowl. I've hosted oh. now, I think it'll be 16 years oh, in a God, row. I thought, I thought it was a charity event. Um, no, but it's it's going to be charity for you because we need to save you because you haven't seen it. I, I I'm going to start a GoFundMe to get you a garden seat because yeah. you need to see this. And it's one of my favorite things that I do. And we have a costume parade. People dress up. Wow. And then we play the movie. 18,000 people watching it together. Um, Edelweiss comes on and like <gasps> the cell phones. Like I, I weep every time. And the movie movie it's so funny because every year whatever the world's going through it the message of that movie always seems to resonate with where we've been like oh yeah you know what there's evil out there but you know what we can conquer it and we can do better and we can you know who knew she was if you can you know get a man to leave the baroness and fall in love with you and you know you it's <laughs> climb you every mountain anything. it's all these things like it's such a, i get goosebumps when i think about it i just love the movie and seeing it on the, the 
gigantic screen with 18,000 people in it with you. It's so good. Is it your favorite uh, film? or would, would it's, you... I, would, I don't know if it's my favorite of all time, but it's probably up there with top three. And it's also one that I remember as a kid. They used to play it yearly, like on a Sunday night. I don't remember when it would be. And just loving it. And the songs, she's Matt, she's just amazing. And, and you know, we've, we lost him. We lost Christopher Plummer this year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then people dress up. Like we had people dress up as the carburetor because that's what the nuns, they snapped the carburetor to save the, so the Nazis, you know, couldn't drive their car. And we had one whole family dress up and they came in these gold, you know, le, like lame, like just like leotards. And then, and then they brought these little discs up. And I was like, I don't know if, what this is, but it's, I don't know if I should call somebody. <laughs> and But then they put these on the ground and they all stood up and they were the Oscars that the movie won. Oh, like people dress so up and it's amazing. And I think this year, because we didn't get to do it last year, I think this year it's going to be epic. So August 21st, okay, Hollywood Bowl. Ask, I'm new to L.A. still. You ha- and you have and anything at the Hollywood Bowl. That, oh, this, that's amazing. It is, so yeah. it is the most ultimate L.A. experience to me. Uh, it's just I will be there. It's it really so is. good. It's one of those where I'd like I would hate to live in the neighborhood, but I'm so glad that the Hollywood Bowl <laughs> exists. No, I mean, I would kind of like it, I think. I mean, wouldn't you? I would like it until like you might it's hear a... Etta James. Like oh, yeah. I, I mean, you Tony Bennett, Tom, next Tom Jones. Oh. Like, oh, but then I, was... I would hear Bjork, and I would just be like, "All right, dude, give me, give <laughs> but me." But like... maybe you'd hear and go, "You know what? Now I, I like mean, it. Now I like it." <laughs> that's that's a valid point. That's that's a valid. But point. Alanis Morissette's coming there. I as well. I'm gonna go. I will be there She's as so well. Good. It's I, I've been in L.A. while it's been closed pretty much. And I'm going to tell you what. I mean, I've been lucky enough to sit in like those the box seats. And I've also been in the, the very, very back. back. There's not really a bad seat there. Because well, like, you're 5'10". Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can mean. see everything. I can. No one can see over me. <laughs> it's but, better for me to be in the back. Cause yeah. It's higher. But it's yeah. just the, it is truly a magical place. Everyone in L.A., you need to go see a show there. I, I tell. Yeah. And, and she just moved right by the wheel turn. Uh, and the last Love time the I went to the World Turn was for the Revolution. That was the last show that I. Got it was to go after see. Prince died. They came yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was after Prince died, and at Amoeba Music, they had released the picture disc of Purple Rain that day. Mm. So I, I went to Amoeba Music, went to their little Prince thing, and then uh, hopped in an Uber and went to go see the Revolution Love at it. the World Turn. I have a little fun trivia for you. All right, let's do I it. I interviewed uh, Wendy Wendy Malvoin, uh, the guitar player of the mm-hmm. Revolution, and uh, I asked her like. You know, on the road, what was something that Prince always had food wise? Like, what was something he always had? And she was like, shit. She said it just, she goes, shit. Nobody's ever asked me that. And she's like, she took like a good 10 seconds and she was like, Toblerones. He always oh, had Toblerones wow. at the, you know, so. I love that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And I was like, I could, that's so funny. Prince was into Toblerones. That was just the most random. Just like, like uh, dessert. Of- Wendy, just give me a couple triangles. Yeah. Give, <laughs> yeah. give me a couple triangles. Just a couple triangles. Just three of them. It's been a rough night. Um, do you, do you, I know you said you've seen Prince uh, a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a Prince story that whenever you, you think of, like, it just uh, brings you back to, to that? Because the, the, there's a, for Prince fans, there's a smile you get oh. when you think of certain moments, whether you got to see him live or, or when you hear a song. I, again, like there's most of my memories are wrapped up in a Prince song, probably for real. As a teenager, um, as an adult, like hanging with my friends, um, we got to. I got it when he did Twenty One Nights Stand at the Forum. I think I went six times. Three. And yeah. <laughs> um, see, best. we were meant to do this. It was the best. And um, yep. I think one night we splurged on like those the seats like in the front. But what I loved about it is that he made like twenty five dollar tickets for anyone who wanted. To, you yeah. know what I mean? Like he wanted people to come see a show. And I don't remember which night it was, but I remember we were up high, the $25 seats, which was frankly more fun than like 
when we were on the floor one night. And these women that were in front of us, we just, everyone bonded. And I think I said something like, he played like just a tiny few measures of pink cashmere. And I was like, be careful, everybody. The song will get you pregnant. Like, to like, we're all dancing. <laughs> and like, these ladies were like, yes, it does. Like, we were all like, we're like, and then another lady's like, I know it did. Me too. Like, we were all sort of like, you know, um, just saying like, oh, be careful. Wow. That song is danger. But a lot of songs. I, I remember once that I was in a restaurant, um, speaking of food, it was Pazzaluna, which is in also one in Minneapolis, St. Paul, actually. And I was there with my, not then, we weren't married yet, but, and he walked in with, um, some you know security and just sat at the bar. I, I don't even remember where he was, but he walked Shit, in. And one time he was marbles. on a plane. I've seen him live, so, and he's walked by. Like when I mean, at was it first app? I'm trying to remember. Like I, I don't. I don't think I've ever gotten to say a word to him because I think seeing him like walking on the plane. I think I did that. Uh, but just. Any moments of, you know, brushing by, like he was just amazing. And then I went to the House of Blues after he did the Grammys and he was going to do like a midnight show. I was like six months pregnant and my friend was, Scotty P was a sound guy, said he was going to play after and I um, got to go and I'm pregnant and I I stayed up till like, you know, he played from midnight to like 3 a.m. or oh, something. Wow. And it was the most fun I ever had. And also that he's funny. Like if you oh, ever yeah. get to see him live when he like banters in between, like hysterical. he's hysterical. Yeah, there was a. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know how much of a Prince fan Megan is. I know, I know, I, I'm I'm working on her. I'm, I'm going to send her, her a playlist. I'm working on her hard. <laughs> there was a story that Eddie Murphy said about Prince, and it it it's it just shows how how funny he is. So Eddie Murphy, I can't remember if he was on Fallon or or what show he was on. It was a recent interview, uh-huh. and he talks about I guess Prince rented a house by Eddie Murphy in the Hollywood uh, in Beverly Hills or wherever you know wherever he lives, and his chef is walking out. And, you know, closing up for the night, the chef goes out to the street to get to his car and a purple Bentley goes by, turns down the street and the hubcap flies off and it just rolls <laughs> right in front of the chef. The chef picks it up. It's got the Prince symbol on it. Oh, my gosh. I'd run. Hubcap. I'd take it and run. <laughs> Hold on. A few seconds go by. The car er, turns around, comes right back. The window goes down. Prince is driving. He's like, um, can Prince have his hubcap back? <sighs> Hilarious. And I was like, this is the this is this dude's hysterical. And no. And he talks about himself <laughs> in the third person in a funny way. I love him. So anyway. Wow. That, yeah. Can uh Megan can uh and Prince can, is right outside of my time. I'm so sorry I can't contribute. He's, more. he's timeless. That's what everyone says. I know. I'm like a Pink Floyd girl. I'm like a Tom Petty girl. Like well, And by are, the way, if you ask yeah. like they would say go listen to Prince. They probably yeah. would. Um, I know. And Tom Petty is, is singing My Guitar Gently Weeps when Prince busts out okay. that and, incredible and, uh, guitar and solo. And shreds it. Uh, Annihilates it. I'm not saying I don't like him. I'm just not super fans like you guys. But have you listened to stuff? Yes. I've, I, but like some stuff that you maybe don't know about. No. No. I'm going to send you a playlist. Send me a playlist. Uh, I'll get on it. Before I share with you my song, I want to ask you, Is there what's the best Prince song that nobody's ever heard of? Oh, gosh. Obviously, I've heard of it, but you know what I mean. There's right. That, there's always that song that people are— The Cross. The, the Cross. I think that's—I mean, do you think people haven't heard of it? I feel like some people don't know that song. I don't know that song. So I'm, I'm, which album is it on? Um, uh, it's not—it's—is it just a symbol one, or is it— I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up on my phone. Um, because it's— it's it's one of those songs that you it's really kind of a cool groovy like very spiritual kind of cool song and it's and it's got a killer 
opening and intro, and then is it, it just like sign of the times. Is that yes. An album? Oh, okay. That's yes, that's Thank it. You. Did you find it? Thank you, Megan. You're I was welcome. like, no, I just know. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, not a fan. <laughs> oh, now we know. Oh, I'm sorry. That was sign of the times. <laughs> I invite you to check out. Uh, so Prince would perform at this festival, this music festival called the Montreux Jazz Festival mm-hmm. in Switzerland, and he did a version of a song called "Empty Room." A, a live performance of this song, okay. and it's it's about a, a it's about somebody who's how are they going to fill this empty room now that the relationship is no longer there, and everything in this empty room reminds them of this person. And his performance of that friggin' song, I I shit you not, I like I, I I've Did cried you? a few times when I yeah yeah I mean he is the only uh, no shit the only celebrity that I've ever cried about who died. See, me only, too. Yeah, I, me remember, too. I was in Napa Valley. I'm on Highway 29. My brother texts me. Prince died. I had to pull. I over had to pull I over. Like, I was in Glendale. I was not far from here. I had to pull over, and I was bawling, bawling. Megan, have you cried over a, a famous person dying? Yes, Prince. Thank you, Megan. Well, I don't need your fake patronizing. <laughs> We've almost got. I thought, I thought we had her for a second. No, she's onto my sense of humor. I'm onto it. I guess. <laughs> I got Damn it. Um, by the way, I tolerate your sense Empty of Room was from the album C Note. Yes, it is from the album C Note. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just trying to make it up. But I remember <laughs> I had that thought too. Like, remember, because we, I think it was the year we lost, like, also like David Bowie. And, you know, whenever we lose somebody that is just an amazing artist that, like, gave a lot to everybody, I would, I'd be so cynical on Facebook when they're like, somebody died. Like, I'm really, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I'm like, no, you're not. You know who's heartbroken? His family and his yeah. children. And <laughs> I'd be very, cyn- and I'd be very cynical about it. And like, you know, and, and even knowing some people that are very iconic and I watch people come up to them and I, I, st- I would appreciate that they meant something, but I still was a little like cynical. Like I'd always feel very um, weird about posting on those sort of things, even if, if it was an actor I love. Like, you know, we just lost, you know, Charles Grodin, who I just was thought amazing. But if I was like, I'm devastated, I'm like, I can't really, because I know that there's people that, I don't know, even though I'm devastated that I was so touched by his work, but I was very cynical about that. And then in, and when he died, I was like, I get it. Like, I get it that people, when their art touches you, whatever that is, it feels like it's yours and yours only. And then you you're just heartbroken. Like, it was one of those things where... And people were calling me and like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. And someone's got to pick me up because I can't drive. Wow. Well, you know, you're, you're younger than, than me, Megan, by a lot. And, Thank uh, you. Prince is one of those people. And uh, sorry, guys listening at home. You have to listen to me talk about and, and Melissa talk about Prince for a minute. And you know what? You're going to like it. You're going to like it. For a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, there, there, there's going to be somebody in your life. For me, it was Prince. For you, it may be whoever it is. And you're going to reach a certain point where – the person you thought was immortal is no longer immortal. And it, at least for me, it, it touched my mortality. And it was the first time that I can think of where I was like, shit, I'm not going to live forever. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to live forever. But him, his passing was just more than that connection to my childhood and, and whatnot. But it was like, fuck, if he can die, right. anybody can die. Well, my – here and it, Another thing, so I have a birthday coming up, like a milestone's coming up, and my dream, and I, I'm, if she's listening, I always tell her, I'm like, I want Reba, my dream birthday gift is I want her to cover How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore by oh. Prince, because I think her voice on that would be amazing. So that's what I want for my birthday, Red, if you're listening. You, 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 
I was going to surprise you because I knew it was your birthday coming up. And I wanted to wish you a happy <gasps> birthday. And since you like this bottle of oh wine, my God, I, love I this want bottle you to have this bottle of wine with your husband. Does he drink? Um, no, he doesn't, which is even, even better for, for me. <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah, so, uh, I wanted you to have one oh my gosh. for you to have the, on this... your own when there's uh, teenagers in your house and you just Thank can't you. deal. Yeah. I lo- this is a gorgeous bottle of wine. Thank you, Spring yes. Valley. Yes. Can't believe I'm turning 30. <laughs> I know. It's going to be such a good it's year. It's going to be such a big year. Such a, a big, big year. Megan is still an embryo. So, I mean, it's... Wait, it's Megan, a... are you like 25? I, yes, and um, I'm 33. So... That's a uh, three year. years older than that you. That was actually one of my favorite years. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, she's totes looking forward to it. Totes looking forward to it. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Um, so, Melissa. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Uh, you are good at what you do. I can and tell just sitting here. I believe in you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all kidding aside, thank you so much thank for you. spending some time with Megan and I here on a Friday, right before your birthday. It is a complete Thank honor you. to be around a fellow Prince fan and such a lovely human being. I so, uh, so folks, please check her out on Instagram. Where and anytime I'm walking by, please check me out. Yeah. It will make me feel mm-hmm. really young. Yes. Now, what makes <laughs> nice you happier, uh, gay men checking you out or straight men checking you out? Because I will tell you, when gay men check you out, that's when you've made it. That's any any person, any all all of them, anyone checking me out. Okay. Cool. I, I like Just, it. Okay. Equal opportunity. I love awesome. it all. Yeah, good. I want. I just you know. I wanted to clarify. Uh, I wanted to add too that you do have a gift. I've talked to a lot of people, and you are so witty, and you are so uh, smart, and you are you. so quick. It's, I'm not saying anyone else wasn't. I'm just saying. You yes, but you kind of are saying some other people weren't. And I <laughs> yeah. want to know who they are. I'll let you know when we turn okay. the mics off. She'll tell me later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was lovely. But it was this awesome. Was, this was like the best perfect Friday, like happy hour kick off the weekend uh-huh. I've had in a really long time. Well, I I like to end every episode the same way. Way and it's it's sincere. It's from the bottom of my heart. Uh, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with us. The only thing we don't get back in life is time. And I want to thank the audience at home for taking their time, uh, their valuable time that they don't get back to listen to our show. Please like, subscribe. Uh, you know, tell right. Megan she's pretty. Uh, <laughs> tell 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 Melissa she's pretty. So let's please, all right? Because according to Chris Rock, all women need is food, water, and compliments, and guys need that too. So please, thank you so much for spending <laughs> a little a time. I just wanted to see Megan's face. I was expecting it. I just wanted to see Megan's face. I've never said that. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you so much for having